Merry Christmas to you. We had, uh, I saw some people hitchhiking down the hill on the way to church this morning. I just assumed we'd have a packed house. There's plenty of extra bulletins. Take some home with you. <laughs> I could bring out more. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, if you notice on them bulletins, I encourage you to get one, and I've scattered some pens throughout uh, the seats. Today I bought some pens and spread them out, and uh, it would... If you were, if God so inclines you to take notes, I hope I can teach something today. And I, I saw how I've neglected this over the years, and I ought not be ashamed to. But next hour, I hope I can teach something, and I hope you can write it down and then go learn. If we if we've sojourned and, and studied and read the scriptures day in day out and all these commentaries for twenty years, we ought to learn something, shouldn't we? And so I hope I can teach you something. Uh, God taught me through a faithful man. Uh, but for this hour, no notes. Just listen, okay? I want to teach you something this hour, too, I pray. Uh, I want to say hi, too, from Brother uh, Britt Worthen down in Winston, Georgia. I, I, I got to preach with him at Paul Mahan's conference. I love that man. We got a couple things in common. He was in the Army. I was in the Army. He was a scout. I was a scout. He's a firefighter. I was a firefighter. He's married to a nice-looking lady named Kim. I one-upped him. I married to a Kimberly. <laughs> uh faithful preacher of the gospel has been and is and i trust the lord will keep him faithful and uh i hope they can come visit us at some point but uh anyway genesis 48 genesis 48 hopefully we can labor together a little bit on this i want to not have you turn anywhere uh for time's sake uh, and if you if you would like the notes, I'll be more than happy to email them to you. And you can go back and listen and read along again. And there's so much in messages. I've listened to messages from my pastor from a long ago. And, and as I read his notes and I listen to the message, there's things that he that's in those notes he didn't say. And there's things that he said that ain't in the notes. And so you get a double portion there. It's, real, it's, a, it's a wealth. It's a blessing. Uh, so if you want those, I'll send them to you. But <clears throat> you turn to Genesis 48. Jacob's going to bless his sons. And we read in Hebrews 11 about Jacob. And he said, by faith, Jacob, this is where he's mentioned in Hebrews 11. This was faith. When he was dying, he blessed both the sons of Joseph. It took faith for him to bless. And it says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped and worshiped, leaning on his staff. It takes faith to do that, to bless the young people and to worship and to lean on your staff. In our text, we're going to see that Joseph was sitting on his bed. And I thought, well, is there a contradiction there? Armchair theologians will just crack their stiff necks trying to explain these things away instead of looking for Christ. And I thought of Psalm 23 because he's laying on his bed in our text. He said, the Lord's my shepherd, David writes, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup it runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, it's talking about the faith of Jacob. We're sons of Jacob. We ought to pay attention. When we lie down, 
when we are led, when we seem to be destroyed and we need to be restored, and we, we are being restored, when we walk, when we eat, when the enemies are all around us. Psalm 23, right? All the days of our life, the child of God worships, leaning on Christ our rock, Christ our green pasture, Christ our way, Christ our defense, Christ our restorer, Christ our preserver. So was he leaning on his staff or was he sitting on his bed? Yes. Yes, he was. And so it's a blessing to those around us when the Lord saves somebody. If it ain't a spiritual blessing to be around the Lord's people, I'll tell you right now, it's a carnal blessing. They make good neighbors. They do. They ain't as mean as they used to be. They ain't as critical as they used to be. They ain't as henpecking as they used to be. God softens their hearts. And they're a blessing to those around it. Now, Jacob's going to bless his grandchildren and his son, Joseph. Look here in Genesis 48, verse 1. And it came to pass after these things, remember that, what happened last chapter, that the one told Joseph, Behold, thy father's sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And one told Jacob and said, Behold, thy son Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself, and he sat upon the bed. That's the same place he was back in chapter 47, verse 31, when that covenant was established. He said, you swear unto me. And he swore unto him, and Israel bowed himself upon the bed's head. Why is he in the bed? That's just in a, he's in complete inability of body at 147 years old, but he's bowing. That word's obeisance. That's where God's people are gathered, to make obeisance, to worship, isn't it? John's article there in the bulletin, it says there that all those things are important. Private prayer is important. Private devotion is important. But the gathering of God's people is far more important. Why? Because it's more important to God. It says, The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. And he says, Let us love what our love, our Lord loves more than everything else. Do you want to love what God loves? If you love him, you want to love what he loves, don't you? He says, I love when my people gather together because I brought them there. I want to know that. I want to be on that bed of, of worship and obeisance. He said in verse 31, I already read that to you. Verse 3, I'm sorry. Chapter 48, verse 3. <clears throat> Look at how this aged believer speaks. This is what I want to drive home today. On the top and the bottom of every note, I have remembered the example to the children. You get a meal ready and nobody's there to eat it. <laughs> Someone's watching. And that's to you old folks, the young people's watching you. And you young folks, the old people's watching you. Somebody's watching somebody. Y'all watching me. We're watching each other, ain't we? And I want to be example for you. I'm charged to, to be a good example. And, and I want to be a good example for my children, and if I have them someday, grandchildren, just like Joseph is. Look how he speaks. I want, I want us to get that. Listen to the words. Watch how this believer speaks. I want to speak this way. Do you? You want to talk like a son of Jacob? If you're a son of Jacob and you're not consumed because the Lord changes not, you will. He's going to teach you how to talk. I'm going to teach you how to talk today. Is that all right? Verse 3. And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty. What's the first word out of Jacob's mouth to his sons and his grandsons? The very first thing. God Almighty. God Almighty. Remember, they're watching. They're listening. Was it aches and pains? Was it his bad back? Was it his eyesight going bad? He said, God Almighty. Why? In the beginning, God. That's a good place to start. 
That's a good place to start a conversation. That ought to set the tone for the conversation. It says in verse 3, And Jacob said unto Joseph, God Almighty appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me, and he said unto me, Behold, I will make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, and I will make of thee a multitude of people, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. Them young'uns are listening. Your young'uns are listening to you. Your grandchildren listen. We bought to learn how to talk around them instead of saying nonsense. God Almighty, the one that was, that is, and always shall be, the Almighty One, the self-existing One, He came to me, and He blessed me, and He made a covenant with me. And then He told me about it. He told me about it. This is how the children of God speak. That's how we've learned to talk. That's how Jacob was taught to talk from his father. What Abraham, you think Isaac... Went up that mountain. He laid there willingly, didn't he? He said, Father, there's a wood and, and there's a fire. Where's the lamb? He knew how to worship God. His, his father taught him. That's why the Lord gave us the Passover, so you can teach your children and your grandchildren when they ask questions. Why are you so committed to going down there every Wednesday and Sunday? You worship God. Jacob taught Joseph, hadn't he? We learn how to talk. Jacob is faithful in teaching his household how to speak. There's a lot of failures he had. But he does that by speaking how he was taught to speak. This is day in and day out. This ain't, we're going to reserve time for Bible study now. No, it ain't. It's, it's on a Tuesday when you're pumping gas and somebody cuts in front of you. That's when they're watching. It's the tenor of our life. Paul did that. That's what he said. It's the same thing I hear believers say today. God came to me. I didn't figure it out and go to him. He came to me. He said, when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to, he's going to do something with it, reveal his son in me. And he said, he blessed me. He blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. God did that. And he came and he told us about it. David said the Lord made a covenant with him Not the other way around I hear a lot of people say Well I made my peace with God No you did not You ain't in a position to make peace You're the guilty party not him And when your loved ones say that Pray for them because they're going to die in their sins If they keep believing it Now that's so I'm, I'm here to help you I want to tell you these things David said, although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things, and sure, not haphazard. And this is all my salvation. This is all my desire. I don't want anything else. I don't, it's, this is how he saved me, and I don't want to, I don't want to mess with it. <laughs> I like it just the way he did it. You see how that's opposite to what you hear so often? People talk about their journey of faith, and they talk about what their life has been like, and I've done this and I've done that. That's contrary to God. That's contrary to grace. That's works. Hear me. Lord, give us ears to hear. It's, con it's Well, that's just you're splitting hairs. No, I am not. The word's not. God did it. Or we'll perish. Look at verse 5. These boys are listening. They're watching. They ain't talking. Their mouth's shut. That's something we ought to learn. And their ears are open. And they're not criticizing. And they're like, you know what? Well, I think this. They hushed and were seen and not heard. They should be seen and not heard, right? House ain't built around the children. 
They just happen to be visited until they're grown. And now, verse 5, Thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee in Egypt, are mine. And two boys you got, Joseph, they're mine. They're mine. I've heard a lot of good sermons on this, this adoption of the boys. Stick with me. I think God gave me some light on this. As Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. They're going to be just the same as, as you are, Joseph. Them boys you had, they're my boys. I'm laying hold of them. I'm laying charge of them. I want you to see why and how. And thy issue, which thou begattest after them, shall be thine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. Now, I'm going to talk to your boys. These two boys are mine. Any other children you have, that's your children. I'm going to talk to these two. I'm going to bless them in their mind. What's he mean by that? Well, it's the adoption of the... Yeah, we can apply a, a, a theological dissertation to this. He goes, I'm going to tell these little two about the Lord and what he's done. He's going to preach to them. He's going to pray for them. And then I'm going to die. And Joseph, whoever you go preach this gospel to, and the Lord saves those children, and he blesses those children, truly blesses them, not gives them a good paycheck, not gives them a job in another state where there's no gospel, when he truly blesses them, that's your little ones. That's the ones you have to give an account for. We ought to, be, we ought to learn how to talk. What if, we, what if we tell things on God that ain't so in his word? God says my preachers are accountable. You want to be accountable for that? You want that blood on your hands? That's a heavy weight, isn't it? And Jacob says, willingly, these are mine. I'm going to preach to them. Anybody you preach to, that's yours. <laughs> Call them after the name of their inheritance. That's what John said. I wonder how he was old at this time, but even whenever he was young, I bet Timothy said that in his youth. He looked at them old people. He preached to them and said, you're my children. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to raise you best I can and teach you how to talk and teach you how to walk and teach you how to die and train you the best I can and tell you when to take notes and when to listen. John said, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he's the propitiation for our sins. That's a good thing to teach children. Look to Christ. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That, throughout time, throughout uh, nationalities, Gentiles and Jews and male and female, rich and poor, it don't matter. If the Lord saved us, he's the same. And you know what? we got a lot in common, too. <laughs> We're the same, too. Ain't we? We're sons of Jacob. This God Almighty, he's the God of what we would call good things and bad things. Right? People say, I hear that all the time. God wouldn't do such a thing. You better be careful speaking on behalf of God, what he'd do, what he won't do. You better watch it. Well, this bad, this is terrible. Oh, no, it's cancer or it's a tsunami or it's, I don't know, pick something you don't like. Look at what the economy's doing. I think I put that in the bulletin too. <laughs> Don't look at what this world's come to. Look at who come to this world. Old brother Maurice hit that one on the head, didn't he? I hope if it ain't in there, I'll send it to you. Uh, but we we see that if there's evil done in a city, the Lord's done that too, because He's all God Almighty. He's on His throne. Uh, unless we just talk about sovereignty, but if we believe Him, He did it, and we bow, don't we? We bow. Look here, what J Jacob talks about, verse seven. And as for me, he's going to do some reminiscing. Telling them grandsons, telling Joseph, everybody's around. As for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel, remember that one he died, for, uh, he lived for seven years and then served another seven years? Oh, he loved her. Remember Rachel? She died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, whenever she was given childbirth. When yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephraim. 
almost there. And I buried her there in the way of Ephraim, the same as Bethlehem. Bethlehem, Africa. That's where Rachel was buried. What's, what's Jacob saying here to his grandsons and his son? That very God Almighty, that very one that loves me and gave his son for me, he killed my wife. That's strong, isn't it? God has to teach that language to us, to put a heart in us that says that way. Job said that. The, the Lord gave, the Lord take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He's done all this. You can say it's whirlwinds, you can say it's bands of robbers, I don't care what you think it was, God did it. You're going through a trial, God sent it. Bow to him. It's good. It's for our good. God killed my beloved wife during childbirth, and she was with me, and I thank the Lord for that. I got to be with her when he took her. And we almost made it to Ephrathah, but that wasn't to be so. The Lord stopped us. The Holy Spirit stopped us if he was preaching. <laughs> we'll get to that another day, but... The very child that killed her that she called Benoni, which means the son of my sorrow. I called him Benjamin, the son of my right hand. Boys, now listen to me. Papa's talking to you. You talk to your grandchildren that way? About the things that God sends in our lives? I hope we do. I want to. This was a precious thing the Lord did to me. It took me 20 years to see it, but I see it now, boys. God killed my wife, your grandmother. He let me stay with her. He did all things right. He really does. He does all things well. Verse 8, And Israel beheld Joseph's son and said, Who are these? He was blessing them, telling them to behold your God before he ever got to know them. <laughs> I'll leave the comments at that. As old brother Hawker says, this is so evident I don't even need to comment on it. Verse 9, And Joseph said unto his father, speaking to Jacob, These are my sons whom God hath given me in this place. He said, bring them, I pray thee unto me, and I'll bless them. How did Joseph learn to talk like that? These are my sons whom God hath given me. You know, that ain't fancy words. I'll get to plainness here in a second, but that ain't fancy. God gave me them children. That's how sons of Jacob talk. The Lord did it. See how plain that is? That ain't old English. You see, God did it. Let's learn these things. It's truth. It's not a pre-canned response. But it gives God the glory for what only God can do. He gave life. He knows that, don't he? Verse 10. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for his age, so that he could not see. And he brought them near unto him, and he kissed them, and he embraced them. Why was his eyes dim? I'm starting to get dim in his eye. It's happening real fast. I mean, within like a month, I'm, I'm left-eye dominant now. And so I couldn't imagine. He's 147 years old. He's 104 years older than me. I mean, he couldn't see a lick. His eyes were dim because of age, but his eyes weren't gone. Jacob's eyes are gone maybe in the physically, but he sees Christ better now than he ever has. That's a blessing. His hearing, normally when your eyes go, your hearing goes. Children make fun of me last night because I can't hear nothing. I'm going to get hearing aids and everybody's in trouble. I'll hear y'all. Every time I walk up, people stop talking. I don't know why. they. I know exactly why they do that. But I walk up, people, when they're talking, and they quit talking. I thought they just try not to be rude because I can't hear nothing. But when your eyes go, your ears go, don't you? But he can hear the gospel better than he's ever heard it in his life. You want to get better at hearing the gospel? We won't take naps. His body, it couldn't get out of bed. His flesh, but he was walking with the Lord, wasn't he? His voice may have been weak. Them vocal cords, 147 years old, can't hardly talk anymore. But the testimony of God and what he has done, his person and his work, it, it came out more clear than it ever has because it got simpler. Remember that blind man in John? We got 
plainer and plainer and plainer and plainer? I want to get plainer. God did it. <laughs> He's on the throne. What's that mean? Sit down for four hours, I'll tell you about it. <laughs> He's on his throne. I want to grow old in the Lord. It's a great comfort to me being so young. <laughs> There's a church wanting me to come preach for them. They got a bunch of young people, and they thought I might be a better fit because I'm young, and I laughed at them. And I said, I got a lot of gray hair. <laughs> to those folks, to them, I'm old. <laughs> you old folks, I'm young. <laughs> but it's a blessing to see the Lord age somebody and, and, and them give God, God give them the faith in him. And Bob, whenever I see you age and I hear what comes out of your mouth, that encourages me. You are a blessing to me because I see that God is faithful in you. And I think if he lets me live till I'm 80, maybe he'll keep me faithful too. <laughs> that encourages me. That's a blessing. Well, I can't do nothing but lay in bed all day. Well, you can praise God in it. Maybe we ought to praise God. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Verse 11. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, God hath showed me also thy seed. I thought I'd never see you again, and i got to see you again. And what's a surprise blessing? I get to see my grandchildren. This is wonderful. Who did that again? Jacob said, God hath. God hath. It was a dear thing to me to see you again, Joseph, and now I get to see these grandsons. The surprise blessings, all blessings are, are precious. If the Lord reveals himself to us, and we see what he's done in providence, and it calms us and comforts us. That's a blessing. But a lot of times there's things you don't even expect coming. Whew, you get a surprise, and that's special, isn't it? This was a surprise blessing. Verse 12. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. Joseph came to Jacob, his father. How, how come him grandsons respected Jacob? Because Joseph showed him how. Come on, boys. We're going to honor Grandpa. Sit down. That's why I told you all that before. You know why? My father died when I was 18, and I don't think I'm wounded by it. I had an excuse for me to not work hard in this life, be lazy, or woe is me. God did it. But I honor him, and I think so highly. You know why? Because my mom told me to. Let that soak in. How is children going to grow up and respect their pastor? Because the, the people in that congregation are going to tell them children to. How are they, they going to respect that woman back there? Somebody's got to tell them to. Tell them why. God said this is a gift. Just like Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. He said, I sent you Miriam. Did he say that? That's what his word says. God said so, son. Here's what we're going to do. You be thankful for them people. These boys are watching. Some the header and the footer. Finally learn how to do that. Somebody's watching. And Joseph brought them out between his knees, and he bowed himself to his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both, Ephraim in his right hand towards Israel's left hand, my right, your left, and Manasseh in his left hand towards Israel's right hand. He's lining them up where they ought to be and brought them near to him so he could bless them. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim on his head, who was the younger, and his left hand out upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly. He did this on purpose. He crossed his arms. Joseph did everything right, got them right where they ought to be, for, for made it easy on Jacob, and Jacob crossed his arms. Guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. He's going to put his right hand on the younger. He crossed his arms on what we would call the wrong ones, what tradition of our fathers would call the wrong ones. His right hand on Ephraim and his left hand on Manasseh. A lot of good sermons on that too. Here in a bit, Joseph's going to ensure that this was no mistake. He's looking out for his father, respecting him. 
But before he can speak, before Joseph can say anything about this, Jacob speaks again. Verse 15, and he blessed Joseph and said God. He, he began speaking of God again. But it says he blessed Joseph. Why didn't he just bring in boys up there to bless the boys? I thought he was going to bless these boys. He is. But what a blessing this is to Joseph. What a picture. If God was to bless your children, would that be good to you? I'm in no way, shape, form, or fashion supporting the doctrine of family covenant where dad's saved, everybody else in the whole house is saved. That's hogwash and it ain't according to the scriptures. But the Lord says he honors those that honor him. You command your house as God gives you, I mean, a hundred verses on all through the Proverbs and, and Abraham and everything else. You command your house and you make them and, and God will bless that. Now, it might be bless it in your heart, but I'm not saying he's going to save them. But he'll honor those that honor him. I'm no way saying that if we command our house, God will save our children. Though we are clearly commanded to lead our family in the things of God and the worship of God. God gave you that responsibility. Someday he might give it to you, so hate it. But what a blessing it would be for our children to be saved. The best thing the Lord can do for a sinner is to save that sinner. Reveal Christ in them. The next best thing is to save the ones we love the most our parents and our siblings and our children that don't know God and need saved. Not from a false gospel, from the true gospel. Nothing else. You talk about surprise blessing. Where's he going to do that? On the football field? From a lie? He won't do it. Do it where he gathers his people, won't he? How was Joseph and these boys who were watching and who were listening? Paying attention to you. My children watch you all. You get that? Sometimes I have questions, comments, concerns when I get home. My, my children watch you all and say, hey, is this right? Is that wrong? I saw this and I thought that. They hear what you say. These children are hearing what the grandpa said. How are they blessed? By the prayer of Joseph. This is a prayer. Look here in verse 15. And he blessed Joseph, saying, and he said, God, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the God which fed me, all my life long unto this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, bless these boys, and let my name be named on them and the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of this earth. Lord, bless them mightily. Bless them mightily. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob he's speaking with. They walk before God. This is the true God. And Jacob says, God, whom my fathers did walk, God which fed me all my life long until this day. Did God provide food and substance and water for Jacob? Of course he did. <laughs> did he provide for this flesh? Yeah, he did. But Jacob's speaking about Christ the living bread. Before I ever knew him, the Lord was providing for me. God provided bread. He fed me spiritually, bodily. Yeah, that's nothing to him. He fed, he fed my spirit my whole life long. This whole new creation that's in me that's born again. That's what our Lord said. He said, take, eat. Is that complicated? Is that simple words? Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. He taught us how to pray. He taught us, Paul said, Lord, teach us how to pray. And he said, okay, do it like this, after this manner. And a part of that was give us this day our daily bread. Well, I need to eat today. He, the Lord knows that. He feeds the sparrows. We'll ask him anyway. Sometimes you get kind of close on that budget at the end of the month. Lord, I'm going to need some beans and rice. 
Give us Christ our bread, our living bread daily. What's Jacob saying? God's fed me my whole life. He's telling them grandsons, God's faithful. I wouldn't. I'm prone to wonder. God's faithful. People need to hear that. Not that they're faithful, that God's faithful. Paul wrote about that. He said, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Remember the example to the children. Joseph said, God fed me. Somebody's watching. This got taught. Jacob was taught this. Abraham was taught it. Isaac was taught it. Jacob was taught it. Joseph was taught it. And these boys are getting taught right now, isn't it? Throughout all ages, everyone that is born of God is taught of God. Because that, that creation in them is of him. I thought that deaf man healed in Mark 7. It says, straightway his ears were open and the strings of his tongue was loosed and he spake plainly. He spake plainly. Jacob spoke plainly. He said, God fed me my whole life. That bread's Christ. He said, he fed me. He didn't have superfluidity of speech to be seen of men. He didn't say the nutrients of the manna did not nourish the, the flesh born of Adam. Make this a blessing to the nourishments of our bodies. No, he didn't. He said, God fed me. Thank you, Lord. And children's watching. They're going to talk how we talk. They're going to pray how we pray. They're going to worship how we worship. They're going to be as committed as we're committed. I pray God put that in us for them. He will. He's faithful. He's faithful. And I attest to it up to this day, it ain't me doing it, it's him doing it. I don't think that testimony is going to change in another 40 years, will it? God fed my body and my soul, boys. Paul told the church at Corinth, he said, seeing that we have such a hope. You have that hope, God feeding you? Has he fed you? Has he made you hungry? Has he made you thirsty? Seeing we have such a hope, we use great plainness of speech. That's what it says, isn't it? That's 2 Corinthians 3.12. Our master did. Our master did. He didn't have these crazy outlandish illustrations. He, he talked about fishing. He looked to farmers and talked to them about farming. You got seed? Well, it's got to go on the ground and die. If it stays in your hand, it ain't going to go nowhere. You know that. He looked at little people, young people, watched him. He said, I'm a door. Is that complicated? That's great plainness of speech. I want to have great plainness of speech. I want to cut to the chase. I want to throw the dynamite right where the dynamite needs to land and get out of the way. Pray God teaches us something. Jacob and the sons of Jacob, they speak plainly. And Jacob was talking in front of his grandchildren. And he says, God came to me. He's a self-existing one. He does what he wants. It's God. And he saved me, and he provided all things for me, and he told me I was his own. And all of that is legitimate, and it's right and holy and good because he bought me. There was a price paid for this, boys. Blood had to be shed. Look at verse 16. The angel which redeemed me from all evil. Capital T, capital A. The angel. Who's that? Isaiah 47 says, As for our Redeemer, that one that redeemed us. The Lord of hosts is his name, the Holy One of Israel. The angel, capital T, capital A. That's the one that redeemed us. In Isaiah 63, it said, For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. They're going to speak plain. They're going to speak the truth. So he was their Savior. In all their affliction, he was afflicted. 
the angel of his presence saved them. How did he do that? In love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and carried them all the days of old. Boys, that's what God did for us. That's what he did for me. That prayer continues, verse 16. The angel which redeemed me from all evil, he has to, I can't, bless the lads. God bless these children. And let my name be named on them in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Let them grow in grace, Lord. Bless them, save them. Let them grow in knowledge and understanding. Make them grow in faith to lean on you more and let the same name be on them. Jacob, that's going to have to come first. Break them. Teach them they're sinners and they, they, they have a need and then give them the same name you gave me, the Lord our righteousness. Christ our righteousness. Remember how he switched the hands and he blessed Joseph and Joseph's giving him some clarity, makes sure everything's okay, verse 17. And when Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand upon the head of Ephraim, it displeased him and, and he held up his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head into Manasseh's head. And Joseph said unto his father, Not so, my father, for this is the firstborn. Put thy hand on, upon his head. This is good intentions of Joseph. His dad's old, he can't see nothing. Come here, I'll help you. And his father refused him, verse 19, and said, I know, my son, I know. Oh, did he? This happened before in Joseph's house, wasn't it? Wasn't that elder brother supposed to be getting a blessing, but the younger brother got it? Maybe God, that was before God came to him. He was playing religion back then, and the Lord taught him what, what truth was when he made a, a, a pillow out of a pillar, <laughs> out of stones. He said, I know, son, I know. He shall become a people. And he also shall be great, but truly his younger brother shall be greater than he. The blessing is going to be better for this younger one, it seems. And his seed shall be a multitude of nations. He was remembering when he received his blessing, when he smelled like his older brother and he felt like his older brother. And he brought the meat, the sacrifice of his older brother. And he went by his older brother's name. That's important. What's, what's he showing these boys? Somebody's watching. Substitution substitution for us to be blessed the elder must serve the younger that was lesson jacob taught is that the lesson you taught christ our elder brother must do everything for us that's the only way we're going to be blessed paul wrote too he said we know that all things work together for good to them that love god to them who are the called according to his purpose for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he, that Christ, might be the firstborn among many brethren. The Master said, He is the greatest among you shall be your servant. He ain't talking about just qualified preachers. <laughs> He's talking about himself. And whosoever shall exalt himself be abased, and he shall be, he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. He humbled himself more than anybody ever had. Verse 20. And he blessed them that day, saying, In thee shall Israel bless, saying, God, make thee as Ephraim and Manasseh. And he said, Ephraim before Manasseh. And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die, but God shall be with you. What an encouraging thing. I'm going to leave this world. God's faithful. You just keep looking to him. Do you want to die that way? We would die screaming and worried if you did enough to satisfy God you offended. I want to die saying he's been faithful to me. I hope he's faithful to you. You keep looking to him. Ain't nothing changed. And bring you again to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I've given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. 
how do we bless? I can't bless nobody. Uh, God has to. And that's what he told Moses with all that Arionic benediction, as they call it. He's teaching Moses how to pray. He said, here's how you bless the children of Israel. And he speak unto Aaron and his sons, and saying, on this wise shall you bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, the Lord bless thee. He's got to do it and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I'll bless them. You tell them about me, and I'll bless them. I'll bless them. It's a privilege to grow old as a child of God. And then the Lord uses us on our deathbed and in all of our infirmities of the body to prove to the younger ones that he is, he's faithful. What an honor that is. I don't want to lean on remedies and snake oil. I've, I knew somebody that they, all, that's all they talked about had cancer. They just talked about the remedies. Oh, I had these remedies. And I took this remedy and I took this supplement. And I did that. And you know what happened? God saved them. And, and she said, the Lord took care of this cancer. <laughs> I don't want to lean on snake oil. I want to lean on the great physician. I don't want to lean on my doing. I want to lean on what he's finished. I don't want to lean on my faith. I want to lean on the faith of the Son of God, his faith. And I want that for my children. And I want that for your children. I want them to see it. And I want them to believe it. I want that for my loved ones. I want them to see it. And I want them to believe it. And God help us if he's with us. Somebody's watching. They, mu they just might believe what, what we have to say about it. Hmm? I pray to make that effect. I can't be too long. But let's pray and we'll meet back together about 1035. Father, teach us. You've promised to. Your children will all be taught of you. Lord, teach us of Christ. Teach us how to walk in this world. Teach us how to die in this world. How to speak. How to think. Lord, instruct us. Make us faithful children. We want to be profitable servants. Thank you for this word, Lord. Thank you for our, our great Redeemer, the angel that redeemed us. He's the only one that can bless and what a blessing it is to know him. And what an abundant blessing when you're pleased to reveal Christ to our, our loved ones and our children. We pray that so, Lord. And we know that you do all things right. Forgive us for what we are and be with us this day. It's because of Christ we ask it. Amen. All right. We'll meet back about 1035.